This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Lead Singer Syndrome. As always, I am your host, Shane Told, as I take you into the backstage conversations between myself and other lead singers. And oh boy, today we have a big one. We've had a lot of requests for this gentleman um, in the past, what is it, 87 episodes? I think this is episode 87. Uh, so many requests. Very happy to get him to agree to do this. We have Franz of Attila, Chris Franzak, and a controversial guy. I mean, there's no question. If you know anything about Attila, you know they have some questionable content on their records. Um, Some of the language, some of the subject matter, and uh, a lot of people hate this band. Myself, um, I'm on the fence, to be honest, uh, how I feel about it. Clearly, what I'm trying to spread with my music um, is, you know, messages of hope. And my direction is a lot different than Attila's direction. And talking to him was very interesting, very eye-opening. And say what you want about him, but he's very smart, he's very articulate, and he's very successful. Before we jump into that... Big shout out to all my sinners worldwide. My sinners, if you don't know, are what I affectionately call the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club members. And the All Access Club is something that was started um, back at the end of last year. And basically it's for the people that listen to the show every week, but one episode is just not enough for them. And they want more content. They want bonus episodes. They want to interact with other members of the show. They want to interact with me. Maybe they want to get things in the mail. Maybe they want Lead Singer Syndrome merch. Whatever it is, joining the club really does help me keep the lights on around here, keep the show going week after week, and it costs as little as $6 a month. So please check out the All Access Club. The link for that is leadsingersyndrome.com slash access. Another way you can help the show, if you buy anything on Amazon ever, please use the Amazon affiliate link. It is leadsingersyndrome.com slash Amazon. You go to that link. It takes you right to Amazon, the Amazon homepage. You log in like normal, and we actually get 4 to 6%, and it costs you absolutely nothing. So if you have a big ticket purchase, even if it's just something small, just remember to use that link, and a little does go a long way. Uh, we have a lot of people that listen to the show, and a lot of people do that, and every couple months when I when I get the check coming in from Amazon, it's actually pretty decent. So please keep doing that. Again, that does help. Us keep this show going week after week. I want to give a big thank you to Ryan from Seaway for jumping on last week. We had a great talk. Check it out if you missed it. Want to remind you guys that the Seaway album is coming. It's called Vacation. I actually got an advanced copy, and I think it is one of the best pop punk records of this year. Maybe of the last who even knows how many years. It's a great record, so be on the lookout for that. Also, I'm on Warped Tour right now. Trophy Eyes is killing it. Knocked Loose is killing it. Those were also some episodes we did the last couple weeks, so also make sure you go back and check those out as well. And, of course, 
There is a brand new Silverstein record. It's called Dead Reflection. It came out just about a week ago. Uh, thank you so much to everybody that has picked up that record, streamed that record, bought the vinyl, whatever you've done. That's amazing. We had a great first week. And really what's the most exciting is just the feedback we've gotten on this record. People have been so emphatic about how great they think this album is and everyone's got a different favorite song. And, you know, for me, I've spoken pretty honestly about how I had a pretty rough go, a pretty rough year. And uh, this record really was a piece of my soul to be, I know it sounds overdramatic, but it really was, uh, uh, I really poured my heart out into this one. So please check out the new Silverstein record. Even if you just go on Spotify and give it a spin, that helps us out big time. So it's called Dead Reflection and it is out right now. Anyways, hey, let's get into this week's episode with the always controversial Chris the Franz, Franzak of Attila. Six, 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 party with the devil, bitch! Franz is fairly quiet hello, for hello. a loud man. Yeah. I got a soft voice. My <laughs> my offstage voice is pretty yeah. soft spoken. No, um Hello, hello. Yeah, you're you're fine. That'll be great, man. No, it's uh That's one thing that strikes me about you. We can start right there, is like all the dealings I've had with you over the last like whatever I've known you for three or four years kinda here and there. Yeah. You've always just been such a gentleman. Yeah. Really just like a chill, chill ass dude. You know, I'm pretty chill. Yeah, yeah. Uh, besides, like the personality as uh, the front man of Attila, I'm actually a pretty <laughs> chilled out, mellow dude for the most part. Family man. Yeah. Live at home in Florida with my family. Yeah. Two kids and a naked cat. That's, it's, that's my life. It's just crazy because hmm. I see. You know, we're on Warped Tour together, and every day I see the kids with their merch on, and. A lot of them are very like they're the a lot of them are the same kind of kid. Not they aren't all the same kind of kid. Yeah. But a lot of them are that like you can tell they're in high school. They're pissed off. Yeah. They fucking hate their parents. Exactly. You know what I mean? There's a lot of that. Parents probably told them not to listen to Attila, but right. because they said that were their favorite band. Same right. thing with my parents telling me not to listen to Eminem when I was a kid, and I fucking snuck the album into my room and I would listen to it every day, and it just felt good. So is that where this whole band like stemmed from? Was that is that like was that the vision that you had when you started this thing? Like let's just be like obviously you you never knew you were going to be here. You never knew we were going to sit on a fucking tour bus on yeah. work tour like the nicest bus on the tour. You got all these side businesses. You got all this. You got this empire, the yeah. Franz Empire. You never knew that was going to happen. But when you started music, was that what you wanted to do? Were you trying to channel that anger that you had as a kid? into this band pretty much I think that's a a good way to put it I think that um, Attila is Attila because of all of our influences and how we grew up and just our, our personalities and such um, growing up in Atlanta Georgia uh, a majority of what I listened to was rap music mm-hmm. and I I've, I loved it I loved rap sure. music I loved how in your face it always was but uh, at the same time, I felt like I really just loved metal, like Pantera, you know, just really heavy metal. I liked how hard metal music hit, but I liked 
how in your face rap music was. So I think that the vision very early on was to combine like heavy hitting metal with just really in your face, like rap style vibes. And, um, you know, like I said, growing up listening to like Eminem and stuff like that, I think I, I liked that he said shit that got under people's skin and really kind of raised your hairs and, you know, made you feel some type of way. And I, I, growing up in Atlanta as well, most of the bands we were surrounded with were very, very like, uh, um, PG, like Christian bands and sure, stuff like that. Right. So yeah, it was, yeah. uh, it was different because I, I knew that I didn't want to be like that. It just didn't fit with who I was and what I liked. So your upbringing, because you know, you right away were like, yeah, my parents wouldn't let, let me listen to Eminem or whatever. What was your upbringing like when you were a kid? Did you have like a classic family structure with a, you know, a mom and a dad and brothers and sisters? Like how, how was that for you growing up? I grew up, yeah, I grew up with a pretty like classic family. I would say like middle class, nothing special. We never... We never ate out at restaurants or did anything like too cool. We didn't really vacation much. Just kind of living in suburban Atlanta, kind of out in the boonies a little bit. Um, <clears throat> and then, yeah, just pretty normal, I guess, average upbringing. Uh, my parents were very frugal and, um, and taught me to, I don't know, I guess be frugal with money. And if you want something, go out there and get it was kind of the mentality from day one. And I think that's a large part of why I, I am the way I am today as far as starting businesses and stuff is because my parents always pushed me even when I was like six, seven years old, you know, hey, you want to make your own money? You want to do something fun? Like start a business, like start a lemonade stand, like take the lawnmower and ask the neighbors if they want you to cut their lawn, like shit like that. And um, I think it just kind of stemmed from there. Like the idea of working for myself and like doing things on my own and being independent was really cool. Even, even at a super young age, like younger than most kids, you know? Sure. So no, I've read about you, you know, selling golf balls to, yeah. you know, to my grandpa, and stuff my and grandpa worked at a golf range. So he would just scoop up all these golf balls and like every month he would come over and visit and bring me just a trash bag with thousands of golf balls. And I would just organize it because my dad worked at a grocery store. He'd bring me all the empty egg cartons and I would take the thousands of golf balls and sort them by brand condition, put them in the empty egg cartons, load up my little red wagon and just hustle. I'd probably walk like a few miles a day just around different neighborhoods. But I I would look in the garage and see if they had a golf bag in their garage. And then I would go knock. And I mean, you couldn't resist me. I was a little seven-year-old hustler and I I went to your door (laughs) and I would work out a deal. I would cut you, you know, three for two, like three dozen for two, whatever, you know. But it was cool. Like I was a little kid and I was hustling. I was making money as like a young, young kid. And it just kind of like built this foundation early on of where I was just like, hey, anything I want, I can do it. I can work by myself. I don't depend right. on anyone. Very cool. Um, and did you have brothers and sisters or do you? Three younger sisters and I'm the oldest. Okay. So that's why things were more strict for me. I was the first child. Yeah. First child always gets it the worst, the most strict, most rules. You know, it's funny. I always talk with my parents about it, looking back on it. Like, technically, I was probably the most chill out of all the kids as far as, like, you know, looking back, I had it the most strict. But for the most part, I was a pretty good kid, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I, I read that you, you know, you said you, you got good grades in school, um, you know, that you did, 
you were like kind of top of your class and you had scholarship offers and stuff, which is like I think it's a cool thing that you say that, and I'm, I believe it to be true. I'm not. I don't think you're just saying it. Yeah. Even if it's not true, it's still a good thing to tell kids. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I'm, I'm not saying it's not true, but but it's like that is a good thing to be like. You know what? Yes, you're an angry high school kid that loves my band because I'm saying the shit that shouldn't be said. But yeah. at the end of the day, an education's important. Yeah, not of course. everybody can be can be fr- the Franz. Yeah, you gotta read a lot of books to get where I'm at. Reading <laughs> is important. Reading right. is what I stress to people more so than even like school because like you got to face the fact that when you're in a kid in school like half the shit they teach you you're not even going to care about or or use like you know trigonometry calculus all this shit like i had to learn that i've never used ever once in my life and then i i wish they would stress more on like finances like mortgages how to manage your money better there's so many crucial things they don't teach you but i'd say the most important thing for anybody is just reading books and and making sure you're very well-rounded i agree with you man it's like the one thing I remember when our band started making money and stuff, and I was like, you know, we were we were basically hiding money under the fucking mattress because we didn't know how taxes work. Oh, because yeah. Because they don't teach you how taxes work in school. Exactly. And it's so important. So important. Why don't they teach you that? Why do, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's because they just kind of, they kind of, at least in America, they kind of want to mold you to be like... Uh, a normal member of society they don't want you to think for yourself and have these great brilliant ideas they kind of want you to just fit into society's standards they need yep. restaurant workers they need i don't know they they kind of want to teach you what you don't need so that way you fit into some life you don't want to fit in or you think you do you know i don't know right. it's it's kind of weird but I think it's just kind of the way society's molded to kind of just spit people out, get them through school, spit them out, put them into college, spit them into a job and, and get them working like a normal kind of daily routine life. But your family growing up the way you did, your parents probably expected that of you, though, in some at some point, right? I mean, I'm sure they probably have kind of normal jobs. Yeah. And you, maybe your sisters do, too. Yeah, everyone in my family except me has like a normal just average modest job or whatever and I think that's also what they expected of me especially being that I got a free scholarship to college so it was kind of like you know there was almost like a figurative like gun to my head like hey you have a free scholarship you have to go but uh at the same the same month that I graduated high school I just hopped straight in the tour van and just started touring the country nonstop. we were already touring a little bit uh back when I was 16 so yeah. yeah, I'm 27 now. Started the band when I was 14. We started hitting the road as early as like 15, 16 years old. It's crazy. I would just self book all of our tours on MySpace back in the day. Yeah, uh, it's crazy. wild to think about that those days, right? And and it's especially wild to think about you being so young. But it makes sense if you're an entrepreneur, like you said, like age eight, age 10. It's not that big a deal to book shows at 15, I guess. Yeah, it was just <laughs> it was just another thing added to my list. I would skip all my homework, skip all my schoolwork, push everything else to the side and I would sit on the computer with the dial-up internet for 20 hours a day booking shows on MySpace. Totally. And like most of the guests on my show, not all the guests, but a lot of them are, you know, more in the like punk rock world, you yeah. know, the Warped Tour world or whatever, underground music. Um and I was thinking about your band a little bit today and I was reading some of your lyrics and and I was thinking about how like you said rappers say things like that you say and there are even some rock bands but more in the 
mainstream realm or like you know yeah that kind of not the punk rock world that are saying these things yeah I think of course. part of the problem that you guys have and why people give you such a hard time and give you shit is because not necessarily because of what you're saying but because what you're saying when you're also supposed to be in a punk rock place like coming from a place of punk rock so I'm yeah. at, my question is for you is well that that's something you can talk about but just how did you get into punk rock and DIY touring and and all that stuff at that age in, I guess when you were in high school yeah yeah totally so it, it all stems back to um, I guess me being about 10 years old I would start going to New Jersey every summer from Georgia okay. because I didn't have many friends in Georgia. We, I, I lived in the sticks, like I said, kind of suburb, not very many friends to hang out with. My cousins live in New Jersey. I would go up and visit them. And um, just right away, uh, I'll never forget, like, my cousins and their circle of friends. Some of them were in a band together. Uh, super ironic, like, story, but one of the people that was in that band that inspired me to be in a band actually works for my band now and is our best friend. His name's Billy. Hmm. Um, but yeah, no. So like they had a band and I just would see them playing music together and they got me into, um, taking back Sunday from autumn to ashes. Um, just under oath, all these bands from back, um, uh, back in the day that it just really sparked me. Like I, I couldn't believe it that you could actually pick up an instrument and do it like it, it's it seems like when you're 10 years old playing in a band seems so far-fetched or a crazy idea but just seeing these people doing it picking up the instruments playing music synchronized together right. playing basement shows they would drag me to um like infest and like new jersey metal and hardcore fest where yeah. i was like at a young age i was watching um Madball. I was watching Sick of It All. I was watching all these like death metal bands and like just crazy shit. And I just loved it. I felt I never felt more, I guess, comfortable in my life. Like that I belonged. So you than felt when the I community went. aspect of it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I felt a very strong sense of community from early on, and I, I just the music spoke to me. You know, being a kid in the suburbs, all I had was the radio. The radio was either you know just a bunch of shit I didn't really like or rap music which I liked so so you take this me liking rap music to begin with boom you introduce all this like heavy crazy like badass music um, and then I guess like you just mix it all up and that's kind of like where, where I was at at the point is I want to start a band now I, can, I see how it's done it's, it's possible nothing's out of reach I know I'm young but I can still make this happen and then um, just combining my love for two different genres and kind of is what what started it out. So when you came back from New Jersey, whatever, you know, maybe you'd gone a couple of years, whatever. But when you came back and, you, and you'd seen these bands and you'd, you'd, you'd heard about the hardcore scene and punk rock and everything, you went back to Atlanta. What did you do? Did you get a guitar? Did you try to find people that could play guitar? Yeah. What did so you do? What was your, what was your approach? Step step one, I think I got a guitar. I picked it up. I tried to play it. I tried to like look up lessons, tab books, everything. I sucked so bad. I sucked <laughs> so bad at guitar. Then I got a drum set. Um, I sucked really bad at drums. Uh, I, I, I then thought I wanted to play bass. Bass was a little easier than guitar. Yeah. I had someone giving me lessons. And growing up, I actually uh, lived nearby the bass player of Foreigner. And he would actually okay. help me out once in a while and give me tips and pointers 
crazy, yeah, crazy ass story. That is weird. But um, yeah, basically, I, I just kind of sucked at everything. And then one day, uh, I'll never forget. I I was at the mall. I met these kids that were in a band. They were in high school. I was still in middle school, so I was twelve at the time, maybe thirteen. And they were like, "Hey, battle of the, the battle of the bands is in one month." We need a screamer for our band. And it was just something that seemed so strange to me that I, I had never done it. I didn't know if I could do it or if I was able to fit the position. But I just could not turn down the opportunity to actually be with a band. And I just figured, fuck it. I tried everything else. I sucked at everything. Yeah. I'm just going to tell them that I can do this, grab the mic, and see what comes out. And that's kind of how it all began for me. Um you know, I was the middle school kid that was about to play with the high school kids. They came to my basement. Everyone hooked up their amps, um, <laughs> had my shitty drum set back there. And then I'll never forget the first two songs I ever played was Smash Your Enemies by Hatebreed and Skin <laughs> Like Winter by Zayo. Zayo. Yeah. I haven't thought about Zayo in a while. Yeah, totally. So I just grabbed the mic and ripped it. And I, I remember like belching it out and then looking back. And just seeing like a nod of approval by everyone of like, yeah, dude, like you're killing it. And that was kind of like the big, like affirming moment in my like heart that like, hey, this is it. I finally found my place. Like I can do this. This is my role. I'm the front man. And you couldn't talk Boom. for like a week after that. Probably. Oh, yeah. I was destroyed like, for uh. a week. <laughs> I was destroyed for a week. But a big thing I always tell kids, though, that are trying to get into like be- being a vocalist is that. It's definitely something that you get better at with time. Sure. You know, I had a little bit of natural talent, but I grew with time, and I, I only got better the more I did it. So that was that was the beginning of it all for me. And then um, I, I went to high school. I was a freshman, and at the time, uh, our drummer was a senior. He handed me a demo from his band at the time that was called um, Southern Creation. We were all like Pantera metalhead kids, and uh, I was a freshman, and this 18-year-old handed me a CD um, of their demo, and I I remember popping it in and being like, this is the coolest band I've ever heard, and then um, that's the band that went on to become Attila. I went to tryout, made the tryout, we changed the name to Attila. The rest is history. And the name change, I'm not going to go off on the name of the band. Um, it's something I typically avoid in these things. But the reason, the whole reason we're talking about this, or talking today pretty much, is because I put on a thing on Twitter a while back that was like, all right, worst band names, throw them out there. So people were throwing out, you know, all these different band names. And like, I think the worst one was um, Betty White Titty Fuck. Oh, God. I was like, wow. Jesus. <laughs> I just offended Franz with that one. No, so I was like, my God. And then somebody said Attila, and I was like, say what you want about the fucking band, but that's a great band name. Yeah. And that going back to the whole um, like origin of the band name, I made it loud and clear to the dudes when we were picking the name. I was like, look, no blood, no bleeding, no dying death, no five-word names, yep. nothing fucking stupid. I was like, one word, let's make it cool, let's think about it. Someone was in the bookstore, saw a book about Attila the Hun, killing everyone, fucking shit up, and they, I, I remember the text, like, Attila, question mark, and it was just, yep, done. There you go, done. Done, easy. But did you know it was going to be that kind of a band? Like, like I mean, obviously the, the band has evolved. Fuck, it's, it's been, you know, you're, it's been t- half your life. 
half my life in the band exactly so obviously it's evolved but did you know it's like okay I want to be this offensive in your face band like did you even know back then when you picked the name I I knew very early on Um, so here's another story that not many people know I don't think it's in many ooh beer burp in many stories (sighs) yeah we're drinking a couple Bud Lights right now all right, Frosty Beer is giving me the burp. So I don't, m- most people don't know this. I don't even think I've mentioned it very much, but there was a band from Atlanta a very long time ago, about the same time Attila started, that was very influential to me. They were called Fight Paris. Do you remember them? That name is familiar, but I don't think I remember the band. They were like a firework. They exploded out of left field and then just fizzled out and... and went away very quickly because their singer went to jail, got in, in some trouble for some shit, some heavy shit. But right out of the gates, this band was playing like southern style metal that was heavy in your face. I think the first track of the album just said, damn right, that's what's my bitch. She fucking up my goddamn dick. Right. And I was just like, holy shit like this is so fucking cool we're in atlanta every single band is a christian band like jesus christ and i'm just like this is weird i like i don't fuck with any of this it's so weird i know i'm in the bible belt and everyone's gonna disagree with me for not being in a christian band but i just don't vibe with this personally and then fight paris came out talking about sex and drugs and i just wanted fucking fuck and drink alcohol and all this shit and i was like this is the coolest thing i've ever heard and like i said they were like a firework i think they were on trust kill um or uh that might be wrong i th- i forget which label they were on it may have been ferret actually yeah they popped off they were big for like a minute they yeah. really had a lot of buzz and then they went away and i remember thinking like like that was my vision I kind of had too but that band popped up and went away so quick so I think from early on yes it was my goal to be heavy and offensive and you can track I think some people think we're a new band or some people might only know us as far as like a couple albums deep or a few albums deep but you can look back at the shit I was writing at age 16 and it's pretty much the same it's about <laughs> you know fucking doing strikeouts it's about one night stands it's about like living your life doing whatever the fuck you want it's kind of always been like the the theme since day one sure. you know what i mean it's been very i guess true to myself is the the biggest thing i just tell people it's just been writing what i've always wanted to write i just got sent awesome new wireless earbuds from raycon i opened the box opened up my phone And literally, in less than a minute, I was jamming out to my favorite tunes. What struck me right away was how well these fit. And then how amazing they sound. Definitely more bass than my other wireless headphones. But the biggest game changer is the price. The E25 earbuds they sent me start at half the price of other premium wireless earbuds on the market, have six hours of playtime, and really are super comfortable, whether it's music, conference calls, or binging this podcast. And there's no dangling wires or stems to distract other people if you're on a video call. The company was co-founded by Ray J and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Mike Tyson, and Melissa Etheridge are just a few people obsessed with with Raycons. Whether you're working from home or working on your fitness, you want what you're listening to to be what you're listening to, not the other distractions from the room. 
Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds, but before you drop hundreds of dollars on a pair, check out wireless earbuds from Raycon. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash LSS. That's B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N dot com slash LSS for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash LSS. If you're in tech, you've been there before. Feeling the pain of hiring a freelancer or new employee for designer development only to find out months later that it's not a fit. And those types of mistakes aren't cheap. Instead, Mutual Mobile, a digital technology consultancy, uses the process it's developed over the past 10 years, delivering over 600 client projects to ensure your fast and beautiful mobile or web app is finished on time and within budget. Mutual Mobile has built apps for numerous companies that have been acquired, such as Eero, acquired by Amazon, FlexDrive, acquired by Lyft, and MapMyFitness, acquired by Under Armour. You get a dedicated team to help you with your tech project from start to finish, from ideation to product shipment to maintenance and everywhere in between. Mutual Mobile designs and builds beautiful mobile and web apps that increase the value of your business. If you have design or development needs, schedule a free 30-minute consultation at mutualmobile.link slash LSS to get started. That's M-U-T-U-A-L-M-O-B-I-L-E dot L-I-N-K slash L-S-S to get started with your free consultation today. When you were in high school and you were getting good grades and everything and, and working on the empire at an early age, you were still like getting fucked up doing crazy shit yeah like, i know that you have you have a felony because you couldn't get into canada i don't know what that's about but like you've done some crazy shit this isn't all talk no it's not all talk and i think i'm definitely more tamed down now because i i just respect being a father so much that i never want to be that dad that like dies on tour or something crazy you know what i mean right. so for that reason I'm, I'm definitely very toned down because i love my kids and my family so much but um, yes, my, my teenage years, I probably partied harder as a teenager than the top whatever five hardest partying bands on this tour combined. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was fucking apeshit crazy, dude. Everything, drugs, alcohol, like girls, whatever, you name it. It was like the wildest period of my life. I was off the rails and it was just like whatever no one can stop me like i make straight a's bitch what 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 are you gonna tell me make better grades like no one can tell me shit like i'm smart i'm crazy like fuck it who cares so <laughs> it was it was just kind of yeah i mean no one could talk shit like what am i doing wrong like i'm always on time i've i've got all these jobs on the side i'm working at restaurants doing this doing that so what i want to tour with my band i want to party i want to fuck shit up so yeah shit got really wild yeah. for for a period of years and then i think as I've grown older, I've just really become more, I guess, mature, and mm -hmm. I see the big picture now. You know what I'm right. saying? Before, I didn't really see a big picture. Now I see, like, uh, you know, how the world works, and I like the future. Absolutely. And I think that there's obviously, like, if you're a smart guy, you realize, like, it's not overly healthy to just consume mass amounts of alcohol and drugs yeah of course for a long period of time i don't know if you had any problems with addiction or not i mean 
that's obviously a thing that's prevalent. I'm very thankful to have a non-addictive personality. So in the past, when I were doing things that were highly addictive, I was able to still separate, surprisingly, because I've seen so many of my close friends not be able to separate from the substance and go down the path of either, you know, death, jail, whatever, like bad life. And I think that's another thing that kind of wakes you up along the the road of life is when you see people doing the same exact shit you're doing, but they, their outcome is way different. And it's kind of like, well, how long can you keep this going for before your outcome is the same as, as theirs? But is it hard though, knowing that you're different and that you have sort of like, no matter how fucked up you are on whatever night of the week, you know in the back of your head, I have to be here, I have to be here, I have to do this for my own productivity to get this to achieve my goals. However, like when you're up there in your band saying, I don't give a fuck, basically, almost like, I don't give a fuck, you shouldn't give a fuck, who gives a fuck? Isn't that almost a little dangerous to people that can't really understand it or separate the things? Or is that just kind of not really your problem that's a tough question you know I think I think everyone is is different and you can tell some you can tell a crowd one thing and half the crowd can interpret it one way and half the crowd another it's really it's almost even based down to an individual basis like I said like I've, I've been able to be like completely wild and crazy but still maintain like a good head on the on my shoulders and still be able to you know, for the most part, make good choices. But yeah, there are people out there that are just destined to not make good choices. So I, I don't know. I think I think music is like any other art. And I think the listeners have to take it for what it is, you know. And some of the shit I say is really crazy and fucked up. But I mean, what's at the end of the day, what is the difference between that and watching a really crazy fucked up movie? Right. You know, it's you. I think people sometimes people nowadays at least take music almost too seriously to the point where everything becomes so literal. And I, I wish that people would look at music more as an art form or more as like entertainment versus yeah. like a scripture like I'm not trying to be you know uh, Jesus Christ in the Bible or something and like tell people how to live their life Um, (laughs) you know but at the same time I do want people to let loose and have fun but I'm I'm not necessarily like yeah take it for a grain of salt is all I'm saying that's where I rest that's what I wrestle with it too you know because like I said the whole thing about you know punk rock and that how people kind of expect you're getting Um, I was just saying like that's where I wrestle with things too because you know you come from like a punk rock scene or something where there's this community and there's this you know you're a member of this sort of society where people are supposed to be there for each other and you're supposed to be having some kind of like uh, influence on the generations that are going to come after you and all this stuff and that's just kind of where I'm like okay yeah go, go ahead no, I, I get it. I, I am fully aware that I am like the black sheep of this music family. And mm-hmm. I, I will say this, that beyond all the, the criticism and I think people overthink things, at the end of the day, 
I'm out there in Warp Tour every single day, like hanging out with hundreds and hundreds of kids. Literally, I meet so many people a day, and yeah. I think that the overall general consensus that I get from the most diehard fans, you know, is that thank you so much for your music, your music, your attitude, everything, the way you carry yourself, your songs, your lyrics, is what has helped me to to not take life so seriously and say fuck it to all the bullies and all the people that are bringing me down at school, everyone that pushes me around, I put Attila on and I feel like a fucking badass and all of a sudden I don't care about getting picked on, I don't care about you know the shit people are saying to me, I don't care that my boyfriend broke up with me or girlfriend or whatever, everything feels better now and I think that, I always tell people this, but this is from personal experience, the the very like positive message punk music as a kid didn't get through to me. It didn't get through right. my head. It never could have. It's it, it did. It's not what worked for me. But the really fucked up, crazy music is kind of what really drilled into my head and captivated me and made me feel good. So I think that it's hard for people to understand, especially when these other bands out here. I understand they're trying to push this like different messages everyone's got their own yeah, message sure. or, or idea and I, I do agree you should want to help people and, and yeah. make people's lives better I just think it's hard for people to understand that Attila makes people's lives better by making them not give a fuck by making them feel more confident in themselves when they're a, someone that may have been getting picked on or may have been dealing with adversity uh, in their family or friends or whatever so yeah. it's different like I said it's like a different medicine for different people some people just need something really fucking crazy to get through to them <laughs> yeah are, are people ever surprised like when they come up to this day sick tent or whatever and take a selfie with you how kind of gentle and nice and like respectful you are because they see you on stage they see what you, yeah. how you are in your records and it's di- it's not the same Chris Franzak right you know what I mean yeah. so do, do people ever say to you like oh my god you're like you're, you're nice. so nice you're not yeah. like you know you're yeah, not angry and you're not aggressive or you're not being too cool like yeah yeah I, I definitely get that um, but I think also it's it actually doesn't get pointed out a whole lot because I think people just kind of expect bands to be you know nice because a lot of a lot of bands for the most part at least when they're meeting fans from are nice even the bands <laughs> I see out here like I see bands that are kind of like dickheads to other bands or other people and they're even right. they're nice to their fans so I think fans yeah. kind of expect you to be nice so I don't I don't really get called called out on it too much okay. but people are people will be like oh you're nice you have a great smile. Like I don't know, you you hug really good or something like that. I'm like yeah, cool, hell uh, yeah, that's, that's cool. And and I guess the other question I have for you is like, obviously your lyrics are pretty intense, subject matter of your songs is pretty intense. Has there been anything you've written, you've written it down, like whether it was something you showed to the band or not, even just like sitting on your couch writing words, where you were like, nah, I just can't go there. I can't <laughs> use that word. I can't go down that that subject or whatever has there been that that stuff yes there has been i've i've written stuff that is and that is really fucked up and i think another thing is like as you get to know me more on like a personal basis you'll realize like yeah i'm a nice person i'm a nice guy i've got good intentions but my mind is also a really fucked up place <laughs> like these thoughts aren't forced out these thoughts have a 
a place that they come from and it's my really fucked up head i'm really fucking weird i'm super strange i'm i'm honestly i'm a pretty fucked up dude Right. And I think of all these things. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of the things I think of are too fucked up to be in Attila songs. I, I promise you that. <laughs> and, it, you know, it really just depends on who I'm recording with at the time, the state that I'm in during yeah. recording. You know, like yeah. if I'm if I'm on on some shit or if I'm whatever, like whatever's going on in my head at the moment, sometimes I'll just whatever's on my head, do it. Fuck it. Who cares? And I, I put it out there and. You know, sometimes there's backlash. Sometimes it ends up being the biggest fucking song of all. Well, I I know you've I've heard you say like people are like, oh well, well, Chris, why don't you you know talk about these things, these other uplifting things? And you say, well, well I do do that, and when I do them, nobody notices, nobody cares. Very true. So people only talk about the songs that are all that are all fucked up. Yep. You know, it's true. So I I've. You could, if you were really to dive into the Attila discography, we've got like seven albums yeah, now. Yeah, you if put out an album like so, you put albums out very, very often. Yeah, we have a huge catalog, and if you look through all of our music, we have plenty of songs that are not about partying. They're not about getting fucked up. There's nothing offensive. We have like, I would say, we even have probably five, six, seven, eight songs that have no foul language at all. They're radio <laughs> friendly. They're they're right. great. They're great songs, but. All those songs in the history of us as a band, they always get swept under the rug. I think we have a lot of songs that have good uh, messages. Um, um, You know, Horse Pig is one of my favorite songs. That song never really took off. Um, You know, we've got songs like Break My Addiction that are very, like, personal. We've got songs that are, you know, it's just... I'll put them. I'm, I'll put them out there, and I'm I'm happy to get it off my chest and put yeah. personal stuff into songs. But we've never ever had a song that was personal, meaningful, or or without bad words that's ever become popular or right. even remotely popular enough for to put it in our set list. And sure. I'll tell you what, I'm not butthurt about it at all. I'm not upset. I've still done it, so I can say, hey, I have done it. I've put them in our albums, yep. and it's it's really just. I respect the fans' choice to like what they like. It's their choice. We put the album out, whatever song they love the most, that's that's the single at the end of the day. Right, you're right. And is there anything that you you were like uh like looking back cuz you got do you do have a big discography? There's yes. a couple songs you're like maybe I should have maybe not said that or any regrets with any lyrics? Cuz I mean, I know you got to own it and I know that you're the yeah, kind of yeah. person that personality-wise that you're going to own what you do. I own it. I, I will say I will say this um, for not I I own every song and I still to this day will own this song and it's one of my favorites but proving grounds for whatever reason ruffled people's feathers so fucking hard still to this day um, and it's I, I fucking hate that it ruffled people's feathers so bad because the message of the song is not offensive at all. The song is not offensive. But people were really upset by my choice of words because I say, right. so who's the faggot now? And right. and that is really what set people off past their limits. So I will say, I, I've said it a hundred times, but the song is nothing to do with sexual orientation or whatever it may be the song is literally me responding to being a fucking a kid my whole life that was called a faggot my whole life i was never cool i was the kid called a faggot 
20 times a day to my face. And and all the kids that called me faggot in high school are working at kiosks in the middle of the fucking mall right now. So who's the faggot now was my response in Proving Grounds. And right. I get it. There's words that people get super upset by. Yeah. I understand. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day there's freedom of expression that's the that's the sentence i chose to use in that song i will own up to it i said it you know if it offends people it is what it is but it's said in a completely non-offensive way and and that's a word i don't throw around yeah and i would never certainly never say it in a song uh but um yeah i understand where that comes from the why people are offended but to be completely honest i also understand how that line can resonate with kids that are going through what you went through. Because they still are those kids every day. Yeah, that get called names, called that, that get bullied all the time. And, and like you said, that is that is what, you know, they have, you know. Are you done song, your beer? Huh? Yeah, I might need another beer so, soon. Uh, I brought something. Oh, shit. No way. Is I brought, that what I think it is? <laughs> you I are a, a savage. I brought a box of Franzia to hopefully drink with the Franz. And you boxed wine, and you blocked out the A into an O, so I had it's officially Franzia. That's right. This is your. This is maybe some new branding for you. This is incredible, dude. You could. I don't know. This is bringing me back to the All Stars tour days with uh, sleeping with sirens and Memphis <laughs> May Fire, and we'd be out in the trailer of the fifteen passenger slapping the bag, the bag <laughs> wine, baby, Slap, just sucking out the nipple sucking and the rest the of bag. the last of the bag. You want a little so bit? Sick. Yeah, let's rip let's it, dude. Rip a little. Uh... Yeah, I even brought cups. This is sick. <laughs> Put the mic up there. Let's get the sound of the dribble. There we go. Hell yeah, this is yeah, legit, I'll dude. You, uh, I'll give you, uh, here. here, I'll hold your cup. I got it. I'm a team player. That's right. We're drinking wine. Drinking the Franzia with the Franz. So I'm stoked. So I I didn't mention this, but um, hey, cheers, dude. Cheers, bro. Your band is definitely a band that I uh, really fell in love with growing up. You guys, uh, I think you guys and Senses fail about the same time. Yeah, yeah. We were always in this kind of the same scene, and I guess you talk about uh, punk rock and like kind of learning it from the New Jersey scene, like Census Fail being from New yeah, Jersey. Yeah, Thursday, My Chemical Romance, those bands were all very, very, like, big to me. Yeah. Dude, no, it's, um, it's good. Um, you know what's funny about your band? The first time <laughs> I'd heard your name around a little bit, Yeah, but I hadn't heard your music or anything, and we were getting ready to do Warp Tour in 2013, and we hadn't done it since 2009. And I was just like, look, I was like, we got to make a merch tent. I'm kind of like, what are bands doing for merch tents these days? Like, what what do people put on their tents or what are like colors? Just like, just kind of curious. So I'm on Google. So I Google Warp Tour merch tents and I get like a bunch of image searches. And there's one that's kind of like a wide like landscape of a hill with a bunch of tents on it. So I'm looking at the tents and in the foreground, there's this girl wearing a lime green shirt and she's in the foreground and it says on the back touching every fucking titty (laughs) i'm in every fucking city touching every fucking titty yeah and i (laughs) saw that shirt and i was like what it's you know it's like like in hardcore like style font on the back oh yeah and i go what the fuck is this shirt (laughs) who would put this on the shirt so i literally opened a new browser 
and Googled that, touching every fucking titty. And sure enough, the lyrics to your song popped up. And I yeah. went, oh, my God, who is this band? What are they <laughs> singing about? This mm-hmm. is – and I, like, instantly was like, okay, this band is, like, clearly, like, tongue-in-cheek. Like, yeah. there's some humor here. Yeah, of with course. With this kind of line. Especially we're we're humorous people. But then, all of a sudden, I start researching it more and more, and, and I'm, like, asking people if they've heard of your band, and they're like, yeah, I don't know, like – uh, you know, and it wasn't like, uh, yeah, it was like a little bit like, I don't know if I agree with like what they're doing, yeah. but that was my introduction to your band. That's fucking awesome. And I, I still think that, that those lyrics are just like, <laughs> oh dude, like the line after is so fucking off the wall. Like just the whole, that whole fucking section is fucked, man. Like, right. But, but it's. I wrote that when I was, that's once again, going back into the time capsule, that's what I wrote when I was 16 years old. That's that's me being me from day one, you know, sure. 11 years ago. So well, yeah, just I mean, crazy weird shit. I just I'm just a weird weird dude. Like I said, that's what we like, you know, when you when when you hang out with us at night and we're all having drinks, like we're going to say some weird stuff. We our mascot is a 4-foot long dildo and and an alien, you know. We're we're weird dudes, but we own up to it. We're not trying to like hide the weirdness, you know. We're we're nice to people. We'll hold right. the door open for the women. We're respectful. We don't treat people, you know, how they don't want to be treated. But we're really fucking weird dudes. I think that that's where the blind gets blurred between the reputation and the actual. Because it's like one thing for someone to be like, "I fucked. I say all this fucked up shit. I don't believe it. I'm this guy. I'm the family man." Like, but you're like, well. My, my, I'm a little fucked up though Like you know yeah. you're, you're like You're not saying like I'm not that person You're saying I'm like Kind of that person Is that more accurate? Yeah That's very accurate And is that why people accurate. Get so confused? Dude I'm very confused I'm about very confusing And it's it's yeah. understandable Like how can someone So smart Be so weird And offensive And how can he Say that that's who he is If he's Got a stable family life And shit like this It's like right. I get it But You know These we are weird fucking dudes. We're all crazy, and and it is what it is. But it's there, I think like like I said, there's a way to position yourself in society where you're not just a total dickhead, you know, fucking everyone over at all times, craziness. Sure. Uh, so I don't know. We at the end of the day, we are humans, you know, and we we do care for each other, and we care for our fans, and we care for our friends on Warped, and we're Absolutely. we're happy to be here. And so, so one thing that you're doing is the franzac.com website, where you're able to. This is not an ad, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to franzac.com, <laughs> where uh, basically for fifty dollars a month, uh, I say kids, but really anyone can basically get your phone number, text you, advice ask you what to do I assume in pretty much any facet of life but more to do with business and music yes um, where did you get that idea how many people are doing it and how do you find that so the idea came to me I would say I, I started the website in I believe the very end of 2015 it's been almost two years the idea came to me because constantly I get flooded with messages about like Hey, Franz, how do I do this? How do I start a band? How do I start a successful clothing company? How do I do, you know, whatever it may be. Like, you're a smart businessman. Help me out. And 
it's not that I don't want to help these people out. It's just that so many people are literally flooding my inboxes, my email, you name it, that I was just thinking, well, hey, what if there's a way that I can create a website, put up as much generalized information as possible uh, via blogs, videos, um, you name it, and then also go a step further to where I can get personal with these people and if they've watched the videos and they've read the blogs about helping them start their clothing line or helping them start a band or whatever it may be, how can I help them a step further by giving them my phone number and allowing them to contact me and get even more personal specific with it advice, yeah. with their specific advice exactly yeah. so it, it was a very like obscure idea but I just said hey I want to make this happen and I I'm, if I could make this happen I'm sure it would be pretty huge so I found a company that was able to create my website for me uh, I contracted them out we created the site and yeah, basically, um, I don't want to get into too many specific details about subscribers' amounts, but I will say that in the beginning, like as in the first six months or so, it was huge, almost like overbearing, too much to handle type right. shit. That's what I was going to ask, yeah. It w- yeah, it was really overwhelming. You got to imagine, like people were really fucking stoked about it. So I had a shitload of subscribers. It was a lot to deal with. Um, it kind of like took a toll on me mentally. Um, and I think a lot of them were just wanting to say hi or hey, can you send me a selfie and like weird stuff. But through the thick of it all there was definitely a lot of people that had really great ideas that just needed some direction um and that's where it felt it or it still to this day feels very rewarding to me to be doing Mm -hmm. this is because i've literally seen people start successful businesses and i've been able to help them with their vision and i've been able to help them because i've got i've had so many mistakes over the course of my career that i can tell them like these are all the mistakes i've made beware this will happen um you know and kind of prep them of what to prepare for and it's cool because there might not be that many people that that are actually driven that want to to utilize my service to its full potential but the people that do I've been able to really be hands on with them and help them go above and beyond and that's a very very satisfying feeling sure is it hard was it hard even just to like you talk to somebody and they don't hear from them for a couple weeks and then you're like oh like remembering like who's who because there's must be so many people that were in the it same is hard. Kind of boat and stuff, and like the specifics, which mixing up which yeah. ones which. Like I imagine that that would be really tough. It made it really time consuming because sometimes I would have to look back in our messages yeah. and kind of yeah. see like where we started, so that way I can make sure that I'm staying specific to every individual. Right. But I can say that now, two years later, it's uh, a lot more manageable. So it's not right. something I'm pulling my hair out about. It's just something that is fun and rewarding to do you know when totally. i wake up in the morning i drink coffee and i'm able to talk with people and help them reach their goals pretty much so you a little bit of the day set aside for it yeah yeah exactly do it very cool and uh the spur app i tried to download it today is, it, is that a still a thing it's a really cool idea uh thank you so much uh it's not still a thing uh the company is dissolving um i went through a period i would say like two years ago maybe three years ago at this point where I wanted to do 
a million different things. And one of the things I wanted to do was to create my own app and have it blow up and become like the next big social media. Yeah. I sometimes my dreams are so fucking big that it's like <laughs> I I don't have anyone to slap me and tell me no cuz they know I'm kind of like crazy and like off the off the rails and but but looking back, I would say that it was a very very expensive and costly lesson in my life uh because I learned from it and at the end of the day, I guess it would be marked as a failure because it didn't succeed and the app is not still around and it cost me a lot of money. Right. But I would just say that that was a big like learning experience for myself because I, I try to make positive out of any scenario. So if, if I were to tell people the amount of money I lost technically, people yeah. would probably have a fucking heart attack. But at the end of the day, I, I view it with a smile and know that I'm a much smarter person because I participated in that. And at the end of the day, it well, failed. Well, it could have been an ups, big upside, too. Yeah, you it know, could like have been. You know, like those apps, when they blow up, they get sold. Like not, We're not talking millions anymore. Billions, dude. So it's like... It's huge. That kind of investment, I'm sure... It's, ro- it's rolling the dice. Right, and I exactly. think that there's ways to make it less of a gamble and less based on luck and more precise, but I just didn't have a big enough team. My issue is that I took on this big, big, uh, I guess workload and it, I was just yeah. one human. You know what I mean? Sure. As one person, it's hard to manage how much I had on my plate. So, you know, it's a, it's a learning, a learning experience for me. So it was fun while it lasted. And I think that spur could have become something huge. The, but it's funny cause like social media is adapting so quick that essentially like, um, both Twitter, Instagram, Facebook adopted a lot of the ideas I was using before they were. Because the idea was I wanted to create a photo app that was super simple. Um, you just upvote or downvote. So similar to like Reddit um, in yeah. terms of upvotes or Imgur. Um, I think it's Imgur. Uh, but where you just upvote, downvote, no comments. So it was less about people's opinions and more about like giving the spotlight to people who are producing truly great content. So if you post something that's truly amazing, you could be a nobody with no followers and you could rise to the top because what you created is awesome. And it was less about followers. It was less about fame. It was less about opinions. It was supposed to just shine light on, on cool moments of your life. And, and you know, it's just a very competitive world. And I was one person with a huge, huge vision. And these people and apps that are succeeding have hundreds of employees so i as one person no matter how smart you are you can't compete with a hundred smart people working around the clock so it is hard to believe like you know when some of those apps they seem so simple and you're just like look at it you're like oh it's just that's all it is and you don't really realize like how much goes into so much it's crazy so much it's crazy so um what other stuff do you have going on um other than attila right now I'm sure there's I would a, say, always a lot of projects you're working on. Yeah, yeah, there's always a lot. Um, my my main endeavor outside of Attila is my clothing company, Stay Sick, and my record label, Stay Sick Recordings. Of course, yeah. And Stay Sick Recordings, I tell you what, that's probably the most like rewarding slash fun venture because being in a being in Attila for over 13 years now, starting a record label brings back the same feelings that I had when I was young and just starting out because I'm able to put myself 
in the shoes of these young bands just starting off and I relate to them on so many levels it's it's really cool it's kind of like flashback in time so I feel like when the bands on my label are reaching certain milestones and growing and getting bigger tours it's fun to celebrate those victories with them yeah. but from a different perspective of sure. not being in the band so my my record label is very very uh something i'm very passionate about we have a lot of really cool bands um We've got bands like Vesta Collide, uh, Spite, Enterprise Earth. We have a very, actually a very heavy lineup. We've got Afterlife. They're kind of new metal, um, backwards. They're they're pretty sick. They're kind of um, like libertarian, like hardcore band. It's fucking cool. Like we have we have a ton of really cool, diverse lineup. It's rad. How uh, big is the label? Who works on it? Like obviously, obviously you can't do it all yourself. Yeah, so of course. Who, who so, uh, helps you out with that? What, like what's the the operation like it's uh me and my partner mike milford who's attila's manager and he's worked for artery and artery recordings so he has a lot of experience with um like the back-end work of a label yeah and um i have a lot of experience obviously with like social media and marketing and whatnot so combined that's you know the force of the label and we have um you know we have our team we have a publicist we have um like a social media guy that state keeps everything up to date and we have uh our distribution through equal vision records so yeah yeah we're we're cool. we're very much like a full-blown label and it's yeah. very it's very fun it's a it's a fun it's a fun like business um it, you know just being completely transparent it it doesn't make me any money at all at least not now um it's more of like a long-term business but sure. it's it's very rewarding just to see uh, bands like growing and and being able to push them and help them it's it's fun it's just it's more just rewarding than anything you know and it's fun because it's directly involved with the field i'm cool. in so yeah, and stay sick clothing obviously is a big thing for you. It's been very financially uh, viable for you. Yes, it's been big, very successful, huge. And um, I always wonder, you know, because you got this dynamic where Attila, you know, you're on the Warp Tour. You also have the stay sick clothing. Is there any like issues with the band, like where you're like, okay, Attila, we're doing this much money, and then like Franz has all this stuff on the side. Is there ever like is is you, are you guys cool about understanding everybody's different role, or is there ever kind of like anybody in the band being like, oh well, you know, Franz is doing this because he's at the Stay Sick tent all day taking selfies for his clothing company? Is there any like resentment there? Uh, there there is a little bit. Um, you know, just to be totally honest, um, you know, and it's it's kind of like one of those things where. You know, we this I is put the it, singer syndrome podcast, right? So, like, yeah, we you know we're allowed to talk about how hard our lives are. You know, yeah, our, our lead singer problems. Um, <laughs> I you know I'm able to put myself in other people's shoes, and I understand it. But at the same time, like, this is a company I started six years ago, uh, Stay Sick, and it's something that I've been very passionate about, and people love it. And I, I think sometimes I have to explain, like, look, our you know our band sells really well we're doing great like there's no issues but not every single person wants to wear 
an Attila t-shirt. Like some people don't even like right. band t-shirts. Some people just want to wear a cool, badass clothing line t-shirt, you know? And and that's kind of where I fill the void. And yeah, I know I, I promote it a lot and that's like my baby, you know? So I want to see it become as big as humanly possible. But at the same time, I, I definitely put in just as much effort into Attila and we, you know... It, it, it is what it is, you know? It's like, I, I understand both sides of the, I guess, story or both both perspectives, but it's two different things. And, you know, what what's any different than that compared to Blackcraft or all these other clothing lines sure, out here on Warped, you know? It's yeah. just, it's, it's another tent. And yep. So... No, exactly, exactly. Well, it's a, little, it's a little more associated with the Attila brand. Like, the one thing that I always thought was really genius about Attila was, you know, bands have logos and, and all that stuff. You guys literally have a color. Yeah. Having, like, I've never heard of a band doing that. It's genius. Yeah, You guys yeah. literally, like, I see something that's like lime green or something with lime. I'm like, oh, it's gotta be. It's gotta be Attila. It's gotta be Attila. You know, and that, where did you come up with that idea? Because that's a crazy... I'm sure there's other branding, but I think of it. It's like almost like you know Starbucks when you yeah. walk down the street. You're like, is that a Starbucks? I'm not sure. It's a green it's umbrella. Always that exact green. Yeah, color. of course. You know what I mean. So I always thought that was cool that you guys did I that think or that you that, did that. Yeah, yeah. I think it just kind of dives into another thing people don't really know much about me as an individual. But I mean, I would go to say that I am a marketing slash branding genius of sorts. I don't know. Not trying to like. All right, lead singer syndrome. I'm not going to say My you're bad. wrong, but I'm not going to say you're wrong either because yeah. I think anybody that listens to this, they're, they if they have an opinion on you at all, they can say what they want about what you say in songs. They can say yeah, about whatever the way you put yourself out there, but nobody's going to say that you don't know. Like that, you're not. A smart, I know smart marketing and branding. It's it's yeah. one. Of, it's my expertise, marketing and branding. So I've always kind of sat back and said, hey. Um, you know, people don't necessarily connect with certain things as much as they connect with a color or a symbol or something. It's all about simplifying your approach and really pushing it out there. And that's kind of why the whole idea for our new album was to not even have our fucking name on the cover, to just have a symbol, the chaos symbol. And I think it's very representative of us as a band and the album in general. But the chaos symbol on a bright ass green background and everything we've always had um, within our, you know, artwork or stage setup has always been that bright green. So it's kind of, uh, you know, it's just like taking the branding to the next level of drilling it into people's heads pretty much. Absolutely. And before I let you go, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but um, obviously Sharp Tone Records, my boy Sal. Yeah. Um, that's cool. That's a, a de- bit of a departure from Artery. I know you're still working with some people that were at Artery before. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the future got for Attila with new music and, and moving forward? So we're always writing. Uh, me especially. I, I'm constantly just spitting out ideas. Um, I don't know if you, you do the same thing, but I'm always like beatboxing ideas into my phone, my voice recordings. Oh yeah. So like my voice recordings is literally just like right now it's like, like, I don't know, like 12 unused songs that I've yet to track or like breakdowns or like weird patterns or weird fucked up one liners. I don't know. Just chorus ideas, you name it. Like, so I'm constantly like laying down ideas. So I think, um, 
after Warp Tour, we're taking kind of uh, probably the biggest break of our career. We're going to take like six months off, which is wild. We've never had that big of a break. We've always been grinding nonstop. So we're going to take a big break. We're going to sit back, but we're going to stay active. And I think the goal is to go ahead and uh, link up with multiple different producers and just record, 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 and, and just kind of make it a very cool, fun process to where instead of being bogged in a studio for two months or whatever, we just say, hey, whenever we feel creative, we're going to fly to a studio, whatever one we choose, and we're going to record a few songs. Yeah. And then we're going to chill out, feel creative, fly to another studio, record a few songs with them, and just kind of dick around, do that over the span of time, and then boom, we'll have another album. Record, so yeah. I think the, the idea is to just do that pretty much yeah you're able to have you're able to come up with a new album without having that stressful alright we gotta write these songs and we gotta go in the studio and everything exactly. has to be done and it's probably gonna take just about the same amount, same amount of time yeah exactly we're all yeah. about the non-stress laid back just right. you know right when it feels right yeah absolutely so. man well hey dude thanks for taking the time it's been fucking really nice talking to you and yeah, a lot man. of insight, and I appreciate it. I'm, I'm stoked to be here. I, yeah. I, I've been ready to be a part of the podcast, so I'm glad we got to make it happen. Yeah, thank you. Sick. Thanks, yeah. bro. Thanks, man. So there it is with Franz. Um, we were drinking wine. We were drinking beers. We had a shot of whiskey, and I really did have a great time. I want to thank him for his hospitality on his bus and everything. And, um, you know, say what you want about Attila. Maybe you don't agree with the subject matter of the music. Maybe I don't agree with the subject matter of the music. But they are out there, and they are doing it. And I think part of the show is to get a lot of different perspectives about what it's like to be the front man or front woman of a band. Next week, we'll be back with another episode. Don't miss it. Make sure you're subscribed. And if you do like the show, please go on iTunes and write a review, preferably five stars. And if you're coming out to California or Texas Warp Tour or wherever else... Warp Tour hasn't happened yet Please come by and say hello I would love to meet y'all I will leave you with a tune I gotta play some Attila Here is a track that I find pretty funny To be honest It's called Public Apology Here it is On Lead Singer Syndrome I want every single one of you to know That I am truly sorry From the bottom of my heart I am so sorry Sorry that you're a little You motherfuckers will know what I mean
Make a move. 